I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi everyone, I'm so excited about this episode of Beauty Bosses. Today we have the awesome Zahir Dosa um, in the house, and Zahir is the CEO and co-founder of um, this really awesome new company called Function of Beauty that is aiming to upend the beauty industry by creating customized hair care products. Welcome. Thank you. Um, So customized hair care products, very cool. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Function of Beauty. Yeah, sure. So I, I can't lie and say it was my childhood passion to get into this. Uh, Although you do have good hair. You I do now. I yeah. do now. Uh, I should have seen what I looked like before I was using Function of Beauty products. Uh, but I, I actually did grow up my hair to, uh, to start testing our products and understand what it was that women or generally people with longer hair go through. And yeah, so I could at least stand by my products. But started it. Almost four years ago now, uh, came out of MIT and wanted to do e-commerce, had started a beauty company after I realized how so much of the beauty industry was able to change or able to improve. And based on feedback from that, had the idea to, to make a beauty company that individually formulated every single product. and. Lo and behold, we have Function of Beauty now. Uh, we can now make 27 trillion different combinations, which is pretty crazy. Uh, we sadly have not made that many yet, otherwise um, <laughs> I would have very nice cars and other modes of transportation, but uh, are on our way there with uh, a million bottles sold so far. Okay, amazing. Well, let's rewind. So you mentioned that you were at MIT. Um, tell us about your um, kind of college years and did that set you up for what you're doing right now? Yeah, so they don't exactly teach you shampoo and conditioner. I did not see that as a major Uh, available at MIT. I also didn't take chemistry, which could have helped too. Uh, (laughs) My focus was on computer science and business. So I really was passionate about web and e-commerce and how it was going to change the way people shopped and engaged with products. I always thought and continue to think that you can always create a better experience online with technology than you can in person. And I think that's a minority opinion right now, but I think we're starting to see the trend, whether it's Amazon or whatever service people are starting to use, they can already start to see the benefits of being able to engage with people and products in an in a online setting. And so uh, after finishing my undergrad and master's, which was focused a lot more on coding and web and design, I ended up shifting to my, my PhD into e-commerce and trying to understand what industries could be most disrupted by uh, by the web and by e-commerce direct to consumer. And you settled place. on beauty. Settled on beauty. So I was looking at industries where there's a huge margin between the cost of goods versus the final sale price of, of an item. That was an indicator to me on how many middlemen there were between the actual product formulation and getting the product to customers. And my big thesis was if you could eliminate all of those middlemen, you'd be able to create a more powerful company by being able to have better products going directly to customers and getting all that data and feedback from your customers. Okay, very cool. Um, so is this more of a tech company or a beauty company? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, 
I, I would always phrase it as a technology company in the beauty space. I don't like always saying that just because I think when people hear or think technology, it suddenly feels very distant or removed when in reality, we think we're actually a lot closer and more intimate with our customers as a result of the technology component. But yeah, uh, whether it's the co-founder place, we do have one formulation chemist, Hien, she's I'd argue the best in the world uh, and actually knows about shampoos and conditioners. And then Josh and I both went to MIT, so we obviously have a strong tech component there, but we are constantly trying to pull people from various industries, generally non-personal care, non-CPG, to the table just to come up with a very authentic and unique brand. So when you graduated MIT, how did, you know, did you just make a website and start selling shampoo or how did you start? (laughs) No, my uh, parents held an intervention when it looked like I was still torn after nine years of school. Uh, as to what I really wanted to do. I had, was that all undergrad or were there some other degrees in there? Uh, so yes, yeah, so I did uh, undergrad, I did computer science and business. Okay. And then I had a master's degree in computer science and then I did the PhD in this very broad topic. It was sustainability okay. with a focus on e-commerce. Anyway, so I get out of there and obviously academia is a, a, a solid option for me, but one that I wasn't completely sold by. And I think that's when my dad especially was a little exacerbated uh, about what it was that I was going to do for a career choice and uh, drank a lot of alcohol one night and was looking at this college spin-off company I'd started called The Argan Tree, uh, my first foray into beauty and realized that there could be something really awesome here by abstracting away this idea of mass formulating you know, the perfect combination of ingredients and instead coming up with a unique formulation for every single person. So the perfect product for every person. And the next morning just called the two people that I thought would make the very best team to to be able to solve this problem. And yeah. And then there you go. So let's go back to the Argan Tree. That mm-hmm. was your first beauty company. And that was um, based on Argon oil yeah. infused beauty products and it grew really quickly. I was reading that it scaled really rapidly yeah. you were in Whole Foods and you were on Sprouts and all over the place and that you, I read somewhere that you felt like it started to morph into every other company. That yeah. it was not, good, huh? it was not yours enough. So why, how did that become that way and what do you mean by that? Yeah, so it's crazy. So I started this actually back to my master's thesis was on the Argan tree and what was what could we do by having insane amounts of transparency into here's what's in your products here are the people who produce some of the ingredients that are in them and then selling directly to customers and so we created you know a cool the argantree.com we went through a couple versions of branding to to highlight every aspect that we could about this product and the company and it was looking really great and awesome and we were in this small pilot batch for whole foods in one region of dallas which was going well but we had just negotiated going into sprouts and whole foods nationwide and that's when i took a step back and started really assessing the argan tree compared to every single other beauty company out there now suddenly you have retailers, distributors, to get into other markets, we were gonna have to hire other middlemen. And so just as soon as we had started adding middlemen, it suddenly looked like, wow, we have what looks like any traditional beauty company. Now, there were some cool parts. We 
sourced argan oil from a 60-woman cooperative that we started. And so there is a big social enterprise component. But from an actual product offering standpoint, it wasn't something that I could hang my hat on. It didn't seem like the very perfect product. And, and so I actually asked a bunch of customers, what would it take to make this perfect since we had solid Amazon reviews? And, and every single person said something different. So it wasn't, I was hoping for some aha, like, oh, if you just change this fragrance or if you make it more moisturizing, then suddenly I wouldn't have to rely on all these middlemen to sell to customers. The product would be able to speak for itself. And I realized it wasn't possible during doing doing the same processes over again. We had to actually fundamentally change something if we wanted to make the perfect product for every single person. And just saying that out loud ended up being the, the very premise of Functional Beauty. What if we just make a perfect product for every single person? So the idea of Functional Beauty is basically that consumers enter in this online questionnaire and they say that I have split ends, I have dry hair, I'm a little, you know, maybe I have color damage, etc. And then you come up with this series of ingredients that's customized for their answers yeah. and give them a product. Yeah, just like that. We, we spin just it like a little that. bit. So okay. rather than <laughs> I have damaged hair, it's like, oh, I want replenishment. Or oh, okay, yeah. You have of, to look on yeah, the right Exactly. Side, right? <laughs> so we, we, the first part is the hair profile on what your hair actually is. And then the second stage is hair goals. And so what are your hair goals? So it's like this very positive thing. But yeah, we hear what customers want uh, from those things to their colors, to fragrances. And then we th throw it into a crazy algorithm that's constantly using machine learning to figure out how to optimize what ingredients go into which bottles and how much of those ingredients. And then we come up with a unique formulation. And then all of that information is sent to our production facility in Pennsylvania. So we have over 100 people there now working, so it's a pretty massive undertaking. And you make all your products in-house. So exactly. you own that and you're employing, I read that you're employing like 152 people. We are employing 120 full-time people right now. Okay. I don't know what the part-time and full-time probably amounts to that number, assuming you read it somewhere. Um, uh, or maybe I made it up. No you such thing as fake news. So yeah, uh, we, we hire a lot of people. We're doubling or tripling in, in our employee count every single year. Okay, so um, when you were deciding to start off, you guys did not self-fund. You got outside investors to help you with the company. No, we actually self-funded. Uh, Josh and I both put in, I can't remember how much it was right now. I think it was something like 30 to 50K of our own money in. And then all of our friends and family also wanted to invest. Their premise was, if you two are turning away all the job offers on the table and instead going into shampoo, A, we may not agree with this decision, but we definitely want to, to bet on it. And so we limited every single member to 5K only. In retrospect, they always hate on us. They're like, this is why Bezos' parents will always become wealthier than your own uh, because you capped how much we were allowed to invest. But we also didn't want to lose anybody's money. And so... Yeah, we got about 20 people who each invested 5000 each. Uh, didn't solicit. It was purely inbound, like, here's what it is. And uh, they're all very happy now. And, uh, and yeah, so it was a combination of cell funds plus our friends and family. And then Y Combinator came next, an awesome accelerator. And, uh, and then, yeah, did a series, I guess a seed and then a series A. 
And in that Series A, your valuation for the company was $110 million. That's correct, yeah. Are you disclosing your um, growth information and your numbers? Can We're you tell just between me and you? <laughs> just and, and everybody just else. Just us. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we sadly can't disclose that just because there's a lot of copycats and, and competition now. But we do we are multiplying every year. So we are more than doubling every year in and almost any metric you can come up with. How much does it cost to get customized shampoo and conditioner? To our customers? For it, the customers. It's, uh, it starts at $18 a bottle. That's for an eight ounce bottle. So it's a commitment for people who are you know used to getting a drugstore. Exactly, so it's, it's more than a drugstore. It's less than what you'd get at a salon. And basically we think our value proposition a, it should be a no-brainer if you go the salon route, hopefully. Uh, and then, ideally, it's something that people are willing to to try out if they're used to shopping at a, at a drugstore or supermarket. Did it take a while for the company to be in the black, given that you have this huge footprint of investing in a factory and creating all these jobs and so forth? That's a good question. Uh, we are still not overall profitable just because all of the profits that we do get we just throw into production and capacity building so um so yeah maybe that's an answer to your question uh, yeah. but we'll, we'll constantly just be reinvesting all the money that we get into into growth and and supply capacity what are your ultimate goals for the company to take over the entire industry by storm <laughs> Um, and is that because you're passionate about tech or because you actually care about hair? It's because I am passionate about beauty. Uh, so I think one of the big things that our mission is is to personalize beauty. And so uh, I think oftentimes you have things like beauty companies or 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 beauty industries. And, and I think oftentimes it's just been removed from beauty being something that is beholden by every single individual and customer and so our idea is every single person is unique and therefore beautiful and we want to be able to celebrate and herald that hence why you put names on bottles and on boxes and on emails just so it's always a brand that's a function of our customers never a function of beauty yeah that's really interesting there's this huge movement toward customization that you're seeing everywhere in beauty yeah. like with the bite lip bars and yeah. the you know some of these customized products do you think that the future of beauty is uber customization or do you think that the future of beauty is um, a drive towards simplicity because in a way this makes it more complex so i would actually say it's one and the same thing so I think on the surface, when I when I first was coming up with this hair quiz, we were super paranoid by all the questions people were suddenly being asked just to get a shampoo or conditioner. But our very early feedback and looking at how crazy our conversion rates are through the hair quiz are things that numbers that I've just never seen before in e-commerce. And I think the reason for that is just because how simple our customers now think the process is. So rather than you going to an aisle and trying to figure out, okay, which hair goals are really important to me? Do I want to get the volumizing, moisturizing bottle of shampoo or do I want the color protection? Or maybe I'll get both and, you know, alternate between the two. And then what if you really like this one shampoo for fragrance? It just doesn't have any of the ingredients you're really looking for. And so 
if you actually calculate the time it takes to make that decision, it is much longer than going through a hair quiz. And then suddenly if you change your hair style, season, anything, now you're back to that same decision versus just going online and tweaking your formula and being like, hey, I just colored my hair or went blonde. I would like reduced brassiness as a hair goal. It will get you a purple shampoo just launched today so yeah it's oh my a god plug. i hope everyone gets a purple shampoo if they're blonde um or worried about brassiness i like the concept of hair goals because you know you think about life goals and new year's resolutions and career goals but you know maybe we should all be spending a little more time thinking about our hair goals yeah it's a constant joke around why combinator i think no one was used to hearing this term and now it's very uh, common so i don't think it's funny anymore but yeah well, if you feel good about your hair you kind of feel good period for the day absolutely one of my our vp of product or now he's higher up in the organization his big thing was how much would it cost or how much would i have to give you to be able to shave off your head and suddenly those numbers get very high depending on the person you're talking to. Some people would say there's no amount of money, others would say millions, whatever it may be. But so to him, he's like, if I am selling you a better product that's only a few bucks more, is that really that big of a deal compared to how attached you are to, to the hair that grows on the top of your head? Do you have a mechanism for people to reorder? Is it a subscription model or do they log on and have all their, you know, hair characteristics saved? It's both. So you can check out and either get a subscription or do a one-off order. We give free shipping on subscriptions and then a few other behind the scenes benefits. Like we'll do limited editions, like colors of red or ocean, which are very popular, especially in showers uh, or a fragrance or whatnot. And those, those are all available to our subscribers 24-7 forever versus uh, one-offs don't get some of those perks. But for the most part, you can choose one-off or subscription. And do you have a sense of how many unique customers you have? I know you said a million bottles sold, but how many people is that? We cannot give away that data, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. But it's, you know, it's in the hundreds of thousands. Okay. Very interesting. Um what do you see as the big problems with buying beauty online currently? So one is I think they're oftentimes devoid of experience. I think there's very little creativity or originality around it to where it just doesn't really make much sense. Like what, what are you getting outside of convenience, which obviously is helpful, um, from this purchasing experience that you're not getting from just going to a drugstore or, or whatnot. And so there's some important characteristics. <clears throat> so on, on one, you get to see reviews. So you can see, oh, this is how many people have given it a crazy high rating or not. Uh, or, or you're already familiar with the product and you're reordering. But it's very hard to get a new customer to purchase a, a product or a beauty product online currently. And, and I think that's one of the things that we tried to change with Function of Beauty was let's actually make this really cool hair quiz. Let's actually come up with a very transparent and awesome way of showing the product so that it's a, it's a unique experience that people get to take part in that they obviously wouldn't be able to achieve in store. How are you putting Function of Beauty into the world? Like what is, uh, what's your strategy for getting it out there and having people hear about it? At the beginning, it, it's product. So. We believe if we create the very best product, we will be able to 
keep growing faster and faster. And, and I think we've seen that. We have crazy awesome reviews, very low return rates, 99.5% satisfaction. We have word of mouth is, is our biggest uh, marketing channel. I think the next step, and this is what we're currently working on, is who are we as a brand? Like what makes us different and unique and awesome? Since people obviously don't just buy products, they wanna buy this lifestyle, they wanna buy into this movement. And so there's this idea of a personal revolution that we're starting to play with and push out. We want people who, who do feel beautiful and do want to be celebrated. And I'd argue that's everybody on earth. And so how do we get to those people, either through our existing customers, through social media advertising, we spend a lot on you know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you name it. And, uh, and how do we just get the word out there? Our big premise is if we're able to get the idea and the concept out to, to any customer, they're uh, at least willing to try it. And then if they're willing to try it, then we generally have really high retention rates. So, yeah. What do you think the future of marketing is? <laughs> oh, that's a big question. Like, is it all social? <laughs> is, it, is it truly word of mouth? Because I, I kind of think that, um, at least from my perspective personally, I think that Instagram's the new website and the phone is the new computer. And people are much more into uh, social cross-checking than ever before. And that's a brilliant assessment. I completely agree. I think, um, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's completely right on. I think then what happens is, as a result of the phone becoming the new computer or Instagram becoming the new um, website, we now are suddenly able to be marketed to by a lot more people. Right? Any single small startup can eventually then get heard and voiced, and so I. I think customers are starting to get smarter and I think they're getting a little bit more demanding and I think we're starting to see this trend back towards products and things that seem to offer an actual value proposition as opposed to even 10 to 20 years ago where so much of this was disguised before you had reviews for products before you know Amazon largely started the first online like ranking site in many ways right uh, and so I think what we're starting to see over time is Customers are just getting a lot more information about the products that they're buying. They know what's good in them. They know what ingredients they want to get and what ingredients they don't want to have. They know how well it's worked for other people, their friends. Uh, they know all the competition, right? So I think people are actually making more and more informed decisions. And so I, I like that just because I think then the onus is shifted to companies to make better and better products and experiences. Was there a time when you thought that you were going to fold or go bankrupt yeah almost like every <laughs> holiday season uh, we we have never been able to truly keep up with demand which sounds like a cool awesome problem to have until you really start infuriating your customers and so the last two holidays we just had this pickup we we just could not anticipate uh we ended up running out of one ingredient which then was exacerbated because hurricanes in Texas hit this one production facility where this one ingredient's made. It's in most of our shampoos. It's what I would argue is the best cleansing ingredient on the market. So it's a sulfate-free option, which is obviously huge, but brings all the benefits that a sulfate does. So the high, high lather and foam without being overly cleansing or stripping. So it's this 
perfect ingredient. But yeah, we ran out of that. We, uh, the, the manufacturer, the distributor, everybody just could not get us this product. We were trying to figure out how to import it from overseas. And a lot of our most loyal customers who had been with us the year before when we were trying to come up with a new fill station that was even faster and even better, and then that broke, uh, you know, they, they've seen it. And it's suddenly, instead of getting products in less than a week, we're getting products, heck, last Christmas, we were three weeks delayed oftentimes, which is crazy. We had to actually ask and appeal to our customers to figure out, okay, which ones of these are like time sensitive or for a gift? Like, please help us out here. We'll come up with, with something. And so um, I, uh, we, we have a very big promise that we offer our customers. And I think the last two times that we've just not delivered on that have have really hurt, especially the second time after it had already happened. And so I don't know if it's to say we would have folded, but it was this idea of, shoot, now there's just such a huge thing we have to come back from. And how do we build up our reputation? And and that's something that we've, it's why we're doing a whole nother production facility just to duplicate the existing one, just so that we're able to keep up with demand and make sure that we're able to get products to our customers, that there's no sacrifice by going the the personal route. So I think that was one. And the second was even just starting it. I, I mean, I think this is a huge idea. I think this is a super revolutionary product that's coming to the market. And I think it speaks for itself, but it's not the first product that's done that. And, and there's a lot of products in other industries that you just never end up hearing about. There's still so much of a notion of luck or whatever in in actually making a successful company. And so, you know, applying to Y Combinator and getting in, that was a huge sense of just validation that, wow, this, this could work. And then getting our first round of funding. And then we finally launched big in October 2016 by actually throwing marketing dollars. That was the first time that you actually see like something happening. And uh and I think it's like those moments where you actually see things working and it's almost the perfect storm of making sure everything else is is perfect, that people know about us, that we have press, that we have great employees, like all the different things that you need to to actually be able to to start a really successful company. It's it's crazy to understand all the things that have to come to play uh, to be able to to make a vision come true. Awesome. Well, what do you think about the idea that so many people have that the world of beauty is a little bit frivolous um, because this is something that I encounter all the time in my work as a plastic surgeon and also just in my existence on earth as someone who considers herself a woman of substance but also who cares about stuff like beauty. It's a gazillion dollar industry but it's so often derided as unimportant and I'm wondering if when you're in a tech situation or a startup situation if it's a little frivolous for you to be in the beauty space. If I'm ashamed to say I make shampoo, I, that's my opening line whenever someone asks what I do. I, I truly believe and love the concept of beauty. I disagree with how it has been marketed to date for the most part. I think one size fit all products or companies that spend all their budget on marketing through celebrities or whatnot, as opposed to actually investing that money into products and R&D, um, cause us to just keep repeating, 
here's this new latest ingredient or here's this new celebrity who is endorsing this new line of products and I feel like it just ends up cannibalizing the last cool ingredient or the last cool celebrity brand and so I think customers are starting to pick up on that and I think that's my big critique of, of the beauty industry is oftentimes there's there's this social connotation that accompanies it too with all the money that's going into marketing suddenly beauty companies are dictating here's what beauty looks like right like here's the role right. model for beauty and just so limiting right absolutely. But nobody wants to be told that there's one kind of beauty you know, absolutely you're and, and you're just going to find whatever the most popular kind of person is just by just by definition right like you're going to put if you're yeah. trying to get the biggest market you're going to promote a version of beauty that you know the majority of people can can try to i don't know compete with or try to achieve and and i think i think that's the part that i i truly disagree and 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 even despise i I don't like this idea of here's what an archetype for beauty should be and i think that's when there's a huge social element to to the industry that uh to the beauty industry or whatnot and and so i think that there is this big social cause that function of beauty actually tries to fight which is how do we how do we just in how do we just celebrate every single person's beauty and uniqueness? And, and I think that's the, that's the fighter. That's the pushback to the mass-marketed campaigns of here's your new beauty model. I like it. Okay, so what are your beauty goals? <laughs> my beauty goals or my hair goals? Your, your beauty goals. My beauty goals. Hair only is too limiting. It like is too I want to talk about your skin and your, you know, your overall beauty goals. What are your, what are your personal goals? That's a great question. <laughs> Uh, so one is, is I do take health seriously. Uh, so I don't, I, I want to start limiting my alcohol consumption and I started also rock climbing, indoor rock climbing again. I used to play soccer until I got into a rock climbing accident, which caused me to not do that. Uh, so one is, is physical fitness. I want to always be in the best shape of my life, uh, and constantly improving upon that. I want to be nutritious, but also eat whatever my body craves. So walk that line. I I do want to have good skin and healthy hair. Uh, it would suck if my hair fall, fell out or anything. So yeah, I do, do you use, have hair? Do you have insurance on your hair? I want or to. a contingency a contingency plan. I actually want to. I don't know how many people would take me seriously. Uh, I do want to think that uh, because PRP injections are a really good treatment you know, if you're concerned about boosting hair. At the end of the day, though, then I just become a celebrity for <laughs> for my own company. You know, I should be able to to bald or whatever it may be, and the brand should still live on, at least in my deepest hopes of hope. But yeah, I take I take a very long stance on on beauty. It's just how do you how do you make sure that you're you're in this 50 years from now and still able to hold your own and, and feel confident about yourself. Amazing. Well, what, you know, we ask all of our guests on the podcast um, a couple of questions to close. And those questions are, what does beauty mean to you? And what does being a boss mean to you? Sure. Uh, there's this really cool quote uh, from this poem that Keats wrote, Ode on a Grecian Urn, that says, uh, Beauty is truth, truth beauty, that is all you need to know on earth, or all you know on earth and all you need to know. Um, uh, I think my definition of beauty is, is similar to that, but to me, uniqueness is beauty and beauty is uniqueness. Uh, so that's how I would, I would define beauty. Uh, so it's the fact that everybody is so different and 
um, and diverse that gives us this idea of beauty. If everybody looked the exact same or said the same things or wore the same things, like we just wouldn't even have a concept of beauty. And so I flip that on its head and, and think that beauty is purely a function of, of uniqueness. And then the second question is... What does being a boss mean to you? Being a CEO of a company, being responsible for all these other people's lives? Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility. This is the biggest team I've ever managed and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Right, and they have spouses and kids and interests and hobbies. And... Yeah, uh, so so I recently came up with like, here are the five values for a company and I won't, I won't dive into those, but one, one of the ones that always stands out the most to me is this idea of making sure that we create a space where people can enjoy their lives. At the end of the day, people end up spending more time with their coworkers than they do with their husbands, wives, partners, kids, friends, family, you name it, uh, especially waking hours, which is pretty staggering. And so how do we make sure we create really awesome cultures and give people meaning and, and happiness through, through what they do at work? And, uh, and so, yes, yeah, so I think that's a big component. Uh, if I were to go a little further, it's you know, just having, having a really solid, bold vision and mission and creating a roadmap for that where everybody feels super critical. And, uh, and I think that's, that's when you've got something awesome. Amazing. Well, your answers were so good. Thanks. I am going to gift you some skincare goodies. I'll um, gift you a bunch of And um, thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Welcome.